You're listening to Tales from Campalua Study. Original horror stories to chill your bones. You're great. Uh, Harmonizing? Yeah. We got it. What song do you know we could sing? Ooh, I, I did oh. it. That's not, that's <laughs> not, not too bad. That's not what I was going for. Oh. Um, what's new Scooby-Doo? Something I forgot. No, I don't like that song. How about, how about, uh, I want Scooby-Doo. I see you. No, I tell you. Got a chill. <laughs> yeah. I can't see the way you shake and chill. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It's the best. Uh, anyway. Welcome to Campbell with Dottie. I was going to say that. You said it right the first time. Stody? No, she said... No, Stody. No, Campbell was Stody. Stody mm-hmm. was Stody. Perfect. Stody was Stody! Stody was Stody! What's up? Anyways. We're being a little crazy today because the normal campers aren't here right now. So like Wes, Brady, and Jovi, they're not here. They're... So we can be as weird as we want this time. Yeah, Playing on the rope swing. What'd you say? Playing, Playing on the rope swing. Oh. Yeah. Psychopaths. Told us yeah. we couldn't come. Creepy. So we said, well, let's do the podcast without you. Yeah. Yeah. Screw it. Screw it. They're not having fun, cool but we're having our own fun. Lots of fun without them. Mm-hmm. As you can tell. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, would you like to introduce Sony? What was it? Okay, the story that. Courtney is going to read today is Strangers in the Woods by A.J. Winchester. Yeah. Shall we say anything else? Or are we just gonna... uh, I'll just jump right into it. Let's do it. <clears throat> Strangers in the Woods by A.J. Winchester. Leanne always hated group work. Starting college was hard enough without the added stress of forced small talk and having to politely disagree with people you didn't know. If the point of group work is to drive weak and anxious students to drop out, Leanne thought the system probably worked pretty well. Nonetheless, she wasn't going to drop out. It was only her third week as a freshman and she wouldn't prove her parents right. They couldn't be right about her. It was only September 1st. Even as she sat in her science in the modern world class around 30 other students and the professor explained how he was splitting them up into groups, she promised herself that she would not give up. She would stick with it, at least for a year. No, two years. That way, if things don't go as planned, she could at least get her associate's degree. Leanne was never a perfect student, perhaps due to her hesitation to work with others and make new friends. She made mostly C's in high school. After graduation, her parents assumed she would go to work in a family business. Laundry. That's the family business. Her parents own a chain of laundromats. But Leanne didn't want to be in charge of other people's clothes for a living. She wanted something more. So despite all of her fears of failure, change, and new people, she took out some student loans, packed her bags, and went off to college, two states away from her parents, thank you very much. No matter how scared she was of this new journey, she knew being close to them would only make it worse. The professor was still talking, and Leanne thought it was best that she start listening before he says it's time to go to their groups and she had no clue what to do. That would make her look stupid. That's the last thing she needed right now. On the first day of class, the professor continued, I asked everyone to fill out a questionnaire. I told you it was for me to get to know you, 
And in part, that was true. Mostly, though, I needed it as a guide to split you up into your work groups. I want each group to be as diverse as possible and as many different personalities and viewpoints as possible, so your projects are unique and unbiased. What was the project, Leanne had already forgot. Great, already off to a good start, she thought most audibly. The professor then proceeded to pass out tiny slips of paper with pictures of different barnyard animals on them. How strange college can be. He called out Leanne's name and handed her a photo of a chicken. What's that supposed to mean, she wondered. Now, does everyone have their animal? The professor asked the class. No one answered. I'll take that as a yes. Now, I don't want all the cows or all the horses to get together. That's not the point of this. Each group needs one of each animal, making a total of five people with five different animals. People started looking around and showing each other their papers. Soon, most of the students were standing or moving their desks around. And the animals don't mean anything, the professor added. They were just a way for me to group personalities. Now have at it. Leanne looked around frantically. The worst part of the group work was finding a group, and this professor just made it even more difficult. A few minutes later, there were only about a dozen students left on their own. Leanne finally saw a guy with a pig on his paper standing by himself and asked him if he wanted to start a group. He said sure, and that his name was Guy. Leanne thought to ask about the odd name, but didn't want to make more awkward small talk than necessary. Leanne and Guy soon met up with another two women searching for more animals. Christy, a horse, and Mary, a cow. They combined their group and finally found a stray sheep looking for a group. His name was Jensen. Okay, they had their group of five. Now what? They found a square table in the back of the room and sat down together. So what exactly is this project? Guy asked. Oh, thank God, Leanne thought. She wasn't the only one. It was Jensen who answered. We were supposed to choose some kind of presentation demonstrating how vast nature is and how humans connect with it. It has to be fast, too, because we only have the weekend to do it. It's due first thing Monday. Whichever group has the best project wins an automatic 100 on the first exam. So we make like a PowerPoint, Guy asks. The group discussed their possible routes for the project for a few more minutes until Christy said that she had a great idea. I have a ranch not too far from here. It's not too long of a drive, and it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. Perfect place to connect with nature. There are mountains for miles, and there's a hiking trail I used to go through all the time. Chadwick's Trail. Let's make a documentary about hiking, being out in the wilderness, and becoming one with nature. It's perfect. There's no way we won't win. The idea sounded okay to Leanne, and no one else seemed to have any objections. It's a two-day hike. We can go down to my ranch tonight and head out first thing in the morning. We'll take a tent and be back at the ranch Sunday night. We can use early Monday morning to edit our footage and have it turned in before class starts. It's a bit of a stretch, Mary said, but I like it. It sounds fun. Of course, Leanne was nervous about spending an entire weekend alone with people she just met, but she also loved the outdoors, and documentary filmmaking was her dream. It seemed like fate that Christy was the one who'd bring up the idea. All five group members consented to the plan before breaking to go quickly pack their things. Christy promised she had plenty of sleeping bags for everyone, a large enough tent to accommodate them. Therefore, when Leanne made it back to her dorm, she was trying to figure out what else she would need for two days in the wild. Clothes, water, protein bars, extra boots, her case knife, and obviously the video camera. Leanne had volunteered to be the videographer for the expedition. Christy texted the group the address and directions to her ranch. According to her GPS, it would take Leanne 30 minutes to get there from campus. She loaded up her Toyota and started the drive just before 7 p.m. The last thing she wanted was to get lost in the dark on her way to the wilderness. As she was getting close, Leanne's GPS lost signal. 
The little arrow on the screen disappeared, as did the road beneath it. All she was looking at now was a green screen representing the woods. Luckily, she was able to make it the rest of the way by reading street signs and mailboxes, the old-fashioned way. It turned out she was the last one to arrive. Christy showed them around the property and then herded them to the kitchen where she cooked them a nice dinner of pork chops, green beans, and mashed potatoes. It was clear who the mom of the group was. Christy was also the oldest of them. She appeared to Leanne to be almost 50, way over the age of the average college student, but not so out of place these days either. Leanne looked around and took the rest of the group in as well. Three girls, including her, and all of them were blonde. Now that would make for a great joke, Leanne thought. Three blondes going to the forest. Mary looked to be the same age as Leanne, 18, but she may appear more mature than her because of her heavy makeup topped off with bright red lipstick that Leanne was sure made her lips look much fuller than they actually were. Jensen had shaggy light brown hair that laid on his forehead just above his Clark Kent glasses. And Guy was Latino with black hair and bright brown eyes. After they finished eating, Jensen suggested they start the documentary off with one-on-one -on -one interviews with each of them before they go into the woods. They all thought this was a good idea, and Leanne set the camera up in the living room to face the armchair in which they would each take turns sitting and speaking into the camera. Christy went first. It was her ranch, after all. Hello, my name is Christy St. James, she told the lens. I'm a 48-year-old senior in college majoring in agriculture. I love long walks on the beach, and I'm always up for an adventure. Chadwick's Trail, which we'll be tackling tomorrow, isn't an easy hike. I made the trip many times when I was a kid, but it's certainly a challenge, and it will undoubtedly give us an opportunity to see how humans connect with nature. Guy went next. I'm Guy Martinez. I'm a sophomore in college majoring in graphic design. I love video games, watching TV, and hanging out with friends. Honestly, I hate the outdoors. I have ever since I was six and got poison ivy in my eye, he sighs. But I'll take one for the team. Let's go see what Chadwick's Trail is all about. Hi, everyone. I'm Mary Donnelly. I'm a freshman in college and English major. My hobbies include swimming, running, reading, and writing stories. I think this trip will be a lot of fun. Honestly, I thought science and modern world was going to suck. It's just some required class for a Bachelor of Science. But with this group here, I think it'll be very interesting. My name is Jensen Morris. I'm 21 years old. I'm pre-med and an undergrad senior. I've applied to medical school and now I'm keeping my fingers crossed. This class is the last gen ed I have to take, but I'm just as dedicated to it as I am all the classes in my major. I've never been hiking, but I love being outside. I spent a lot of time this summer at the lake. I'm eager to have this new experience. Finally, it's Leanne's turn. Hello class, she started nervously. I'm Leanne Montague. I'm a freshman film major. I love making and editing videos. And my dream is to become a successful documentary filmmaker. So this project is right up my alley. I've always enjoyed hiking, but I've never been on an overnight trip. So that's a bit nerve wracking. But I too am eager for the experience. Soon after Leanne turned the camera off, all five students were sound asleep in their sleeping bags, on the couch, or Christy in her bed. They had one more night of comfort away from the bugs, wind, and dirt. Little did they know, there was much more than dirt waiting for them on Chadwick's trail. One more thing, and I'm sorry I forgot to mention it, Christy said. They all had packs on their back, decked out in hiking gear and boots. It was a warm September day, and the group was standing at the mouth of the trail that led up the mountain into the forest. You won't have cell service up here, which I think should be a given, but iron deposits in the mountain also screw with the compass so that they don't always point north. 
The woods in there also get dense in places that on a cloudy afternoon, day can look like night. Judging by your faces, you probably wish I had mentioned this earlier, but as long as we stick to the trail and look after one another, we won't have a problem. Leanne tried to hide the fact that she was suddenly trembling as they marched into the trail. So far, day still looked like day, but the trees' canopies certainly did block a lot of the sunlight. They hiked for three hours before taking their first break. Christy gave them all lunch sandwiches, chips, and a bottle of water. They rested on a large rock with a ledge overlooking the miles and mountains. Leanne suddenly didn't feel so nervous. She wasn't scared. Enjoying the view, she felt peaceful, relaxed. She realized she should be getting footage of this and took out her camera. She got shots of the view, the trail, some artsy shots looking up the trees, and then interviewed her classmates on what they thought of the trip so far. Christy was loving it, but the consensus with everyone else was that they were exhausted. However, when Christy suggested they continue on, everyone grudgingly placed their packs on their back and started further down the trail. Hours later, it began to get very dark. Leanne could barely see where she was stepping. Was it nighttime already? Or was this just a section of the forest they just seemed that way? Christy soon told everyone to stop. This is where we should set up camp. She gave Jensen, Guy, and Mary the directions to set up the tent, and she asked me to come with her to collect some firewood. Apparently, according to Christy, even though it was warm during the day, the nights get very cold. The fire needs to stay lit all night to keep the bears at bay, Christy told her. Bears? Leanne demanded, suddenly scared again. Don't worry. I've only ever seen a few up here, and as long as you leave them alone and put your food up in a tree, they'll leave you alone. Suddenly, as if on cue, Leanne heard a low growl penetrate the cold air. Only, it didn't sound like a bear. It came from a distance to her right, and Christy still was gathering kindling on her left. She didn't appear to have heard it. Maybe she was just imagining things, she thought. I can't get all freaked out now, just because it's night. But then the noise came again. It sounded like a cat. A big cat. Christy, are there cougars out here? Leanne asked, trying not to sound panicked. No, not for a long time. Mountain lions are wiped out from this area by over hunting. It's sad, really. Leanne heard movement in front of her now. She heard the rustle of the leaves and sticks on the ground. Something was out there, and it was on the move. Aren't you going to help with the firewood? Christy asked with a touch of annoyance in her voice. Leanne opened her mouth to answer, but as soon as she did, she noticed two glowing eyes over Christy's shoulder. Leanne's eyes quickly focused on them, and she could soon see the brown fur of the large beast. It was a mountain lion, standing on all fours. It was still almost as tall as Leanne. That and its muscular body and hungry eyes made it an intimidating sight, to say the least. Leanne screamed. The growl came again, followed by a loud, hissing shriek. Christy spun around in terror, but she was too late. The mountain lion pounced, and Christy crumbled under its weight, falling to the ground, helpless beneath it. She screamed again, and again. Leanne could no longer tell which screams were hers and which were Christy's. The panther's bottom claws dug into Christy's thighs while its top claws into her throat. It flashed its teeth in Leanne's direction as if to say, you're next. Then it sunk its fangs into the screaming woman's face. No, Leanne screams. She didn't know how to react. She found a nearby log and swept it up, holding it like a baseball bat in her hands. Somehow, she found the courage to run towards the animal. She swung the log and hit him in the head. As it looked up from its meal, 
blood sprayed all over Christy's neck. The mountain lion treated the blow to the head as if it was an annoying fly bothering it while it snacked. It turned its attention right to Christy. Soon, a large pool of crimson spread around her. Leanne now backed away. Christy was no longer screaming. She wasn't struggling at all. Instead, she had ceased moving altogether. Leanne decided she wasn't even breathing. It was too late to save her now. Jensen, Guy, and Mary charged out of the trees and were horrified at the scene before them. They had heard the cries and were obviously not ready to see this. Run, Leanne screams at the top of her lungs. The mountain lion crawls off Christy and follows him through the trees. The four students made it back to their camp where the tent was halfway set up. Let's hide in the tent, Mary called behind her sobs. No, we need to find a tree to climb, Guy retorted. Panthers can climb trees, dumbass, Jensen yelled. Before they could decide anything, though, the mountain lion lunged out of the darkness and into Jensen's shoulders. He struggled, attempting to elbow the thing off him, but he ended up on the ground away. Its mouth, when open all the way, was as wide as Jensen's head. And yes, it bit into the top of Jensen's head, raking his teeth across his scalp several times. Leanne's mind raced. There's no getting away from this thing. They had to fight it off, calling his name. She threw the log she was carrying to Guy and pulled out her case knife. Get it, she yelled. Leanne went for the eyeballs first. If she could blind it, half the battle would be won. Jensen screamed and wreathed in pain. Guy swung the log at the creature's back again and again. It stopped biting Jensen. Now they had definitely pissed it off. Mary, find a weapon and help us. Leanne said as her blade finally found the mountain lion's right pupil. It roared. Was it in pain or fury? It pounced towards Leanne, but Guy smashed it in the head with a log. So hard, the log broke in half. The mountain lion stumbled, but turned to Guy. With only half a log in his hand, Guy looked like he may die from fear before the animal even reached him. A little help here, he yelled. Out of nowhere, Mary stabbed the cougar with a tent pole with one of the stakes stuck out of the end of it. She dug it deep into the animal's chest. It made more horrible noises, dying noises. Guy stepped forward and rammed the broken and jagged end of the log into the cougar's back. Leanne went for the left eye and ended up leaving her knife protruding out of it. Finally, the creature turned over onto the ground. Its body went limp. The worst was over, but these students who barely knew each other still had to make it out of the woods alive. Using Christie's first aid kit, Leanne dressed Jensen's wounds. Being pre-med, he walked her through cleaning and wrapping them. He would need stitches, he said, but he would be okay to walk back to the ranch. Jensen was also the one who declared that they had to take Christie's body back with them. They couldn't leave it there to be eaten by bears or more mountain lions. Guy and Mary built a makeshift stretcher out of tent parts, and they would be the ones to carry her. Jensen was too weak to help. They decided walking back down the trail the direction they had came would be the best option. After five miles or so, Leanne carried the stretcher in Mary's place. She offered to do the same for Guy, but he promised he was fine. Finally, at sunrise, they emerged from the woods back at Christie's ranch. They used her landline to call for help. When they were waiting, Leanne realized her camera, which had been resting on a rock nearby, had captured the mountain lion attack in its defeat. Leanne thought her documentary career may start a little earlier than she expected. Years after the incident, Leanne wishes she could say she had become best friends with the strangers she went into the woods with. Together, they had experienced life and death. They had prevailed by working as a team, but that's not what happened. 
She wishes she could even say they stayed in touch or talked on the phone now and again, but that wasn't true either. Leanne was grateful to them. She believed she wouldn't have survived without their efforts. But after going on a few local news shows together to talk about the experience, and after Christy's funeral, Leanne never had contact with them again, except for when she Googled them or looked them up on Facebook. Not because she didn't care. It is just because that's how real life works. The end. Well, we have Jill here who wrote one of our stories previously. Hello. Say hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. <laughs> She's the author of The Diary of Miss Parrish, which was our first episode that we ever did. Excellent story, by the way. Well, thank you very mm -hmm. much. I appreciate it. And now she's come back to be a surprise guest. Yeah, I came in partway, but I got most of the story, I think. <laughs> what did you think of the story? I loved it. It was really good. That's one of um, my greatest fears, is being attacked by an animal. Really? I mean, like a dog, or what well, dog wouldn't be as bad I as mean, a mountain lion. I mean, dog is pretty scary, too. But though. if it's a you big dog, dog, it could be. What scary. kind of dog was it? A German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. And it was scary, right? It was very scary, well, so I could only imagine a mountain lion. Yeah, a wild animal coming at you, mm -hmm. going to tear you to pieces, you know, that's pretty nice scary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was good. I like that. Yeah. Incorporated into the story. Reminds me of that movie, um, The Ghost in the Darkness. It's about those two, oh, lines, those two lines, and it was yeah, based on a that. true story. Mm -hmm. And they were killing just for the joy of killing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even, they, you know, that's what they thought anyway. Yeah. Who knows so, why yeah, this mountain scary, lion was killing probably just scary. to eat. Yeah. But. You might get the taste of blood and then start killing for fun. Mm -hmm. Probably because it came after... Uh, the rest of them, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it could have just stayed and eaten Christy, but so, instead it, but they'd pissed it off by that I point, think, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, Christy hit, or Leanne hit it in the head whenever Christy was getting attacked. It's true. So, probably yeah. pissed it off right then. It's true. <sighs> Last week's story was Taylor's story, mm -hmm. and it was about, um, one of her to uh, talking points, she said that it was about the evil that humans are capable of, and this story was supposed to be kind of about the good that they're capable of and how they, the opposite, how they join together right. to, mm -hmm. to, work, to together. work together to fight that. Mm -hmm. And it's also... And they all work together to get all, everybody out. Even mm -hmm. though Christy had died, they Even the, still yeah. picked her up and brought her back. Mm -hmm. So not all humans are bad. See, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like the opposite. But all and mountain lions are. Yeah. <laughs> all mountain lions are. Oh, and it's also funny, the last story, the cats were the good guys. That's true. This story, the big cat is the bad guy, yeah. mm -hmm. so it's kind of opposite. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of fitting that this is the episode that comes after it. Yeah, good idea. Strangers in the Woods by A.J. Winchester and read by Courtney. Join us next Friday at dusk for another campfire tale to keep you up at night. Send us your scary story to campalewastody at gmail.com and we'll feature it in a future episode. Also, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Tales from Camp Alewa Stody. That's good. Yeah. Bye, everybody.